Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, I am delighted to have as my guest the very talented author, teacher, Marianne Monson. She is also the founder and president of the Writers Guild of Astoria. Good morning, Marianne. Hi, Donna. I'm very grateful that you made time in your schedule for talking with me today. I know you have a new novel going to press and we'll talk about that and about uh, some changes with the Writers Guild of Astoria, the, the new website and, and your programs for 2022, et cetera. But before we start talking about these exciting things which can engage and inspire the community, and we hope people will participate and get involved with the Writers Guild because everyone can write, whether they know it or not. <laughs> so um, Marianne, before we do that, please tell the listening audience a bit about yourself. Okay, thank you first of all so much for the invitation, Donna. It's always such a pleasure to talk with you and to, to be on KMUN. That's such a great benefit to our uh, community. But yeah, so I moved to Astoria about five years ago. Um, I actually grew up in the Chicago area and spent a couple of decades in Portland after college um, and earned an MFA from Vermont College of Fine Arts um, at, in creative writing. I always wanted to be a writer from the time I was really, really young. It took me a while to claim that term. Like I think for a lot of writers, that's kind of a as an artist's a, a scary moment to identify that way. But um, Anyway, I, um, I started working at a publishing house and then went on to write and publish a number of historical fiction novels. I mostly write about women's history and especially in the frontier era. Yes, you've been, uh, that's been a passion of yours to uncover stories about women who did really interesting things that we didn't ever hear about. And uh, like your book, Frontier Grit. I mean, what was one of your favorite research projects in some of your past books? Yeah, um, I just, I really love discovering remarkable stories of women that you just wonder, how have I never heard of this person, you know? And, um, and I think that for those of us who spend a lot of time in history, it, it gives us a great blessing of helping us to have a little bit more context for challenges of our own lives individually and then collectively as a society you know um i think that especially the last few years that have been really difficult i've tried to be inspired and um draw on the strength of a lot of the women that i've written about in frontier grit and in women of the blue and gray which is about the women of the civil war well tell us about your new book which is going to press Yes, it's coming out in September, and I'm really excited about it. It's called The Opera Sisters, and it's about two British sisters who um, loved opera. They, they were like fangirls over opera, and they grew up in London. They were just, um, they were very modest civil servants. Um, earning, you know, typists on a very moderate means, but they just saved all their money to go to Covent Garden to start seeing opera. And then they started traveling to the continent to see opera as well. And um, they became acquainted with 
Clemens Krauss and uh, Viorca Ursulaic, who if you're into opera, um, you'll, you may know those names, but, and then another, uh, many other just really remarkable famous opera singers of their day, like Rosa Poncel became a close friend of theirs. So through this network, they became aware much earlier than, than many people in London um, about the situation happening with Hitler's rise to power and, and especially the refugee crisis that was developing, developing as Jews um, particularly and, and political people who were targeted um, needed to flee the country. And so what they did was that prior to the outbreak of World War II, they basically operated an increasingly dangerous smuggling <laughs> operation and um, helped Jews escape, helped smuggle out jewels and furs. And um, because basically the Nazis were trying to um, take away all of the financial means of the people who were attempting to escape. And so therefore the other countries wouldn't allow them entry. And, and if they did show up, they showed up with, you know, a passport and not much else. So, um, so Louise and Ida Cook helped 29 families altogether escape, uh, from the Holocaust. They worked really feverishly. It became, um, you know, a 24 seven operation really for them before the outbreak. And then um, once the war actually began, uh, then they, they had to halt their efforts, but but still found other ways to, to help and, and, and remained in contact with those people that they had helped for the remainder of their lives. So just an incredibly inspiring story of tenacity of courage of like really ordinary people doing a very extraordinary thing. And you have, you were drawn to that because you also have a personal connection with World War II. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, I do. Thanks. It's been a really special project for me. Um, my grandfather, who I was very close to, he fought in the 10th Mountain Division, which was a special group of troops that were trained for Alpine um, combat, and they fought in the Alps in Italy. Uh, they carried their guns on their backs, and they carried their skis as well. And so they just fought on incredibly difficult terrain, um, and they were they were really incredible soldiers. And I'm, I was very lucky to grow up with my grandfather, who was an incredibly kind and wonderful man. But um, you know, he was a war hero. So, and your grandmother worked in a munitions factory. Yeah, my grandmother during the war supported the efforts from the U.S. and she inspected 50 caliber machine gun ammunition in a Remington's arm factory. And she could, into old age, she could tell you all of the different type gauges of ammunition. It was really remarkable. You didn't expect to hear that coming out of an 80-year-old woman's mouth. <laughs> I would imagine, talk about cognitive dissonance. Oh my goodness. Well, so... Um, so you're you're continuing to write, and you're also uh, working with the guild because you established the guild. And I want to hear a little bit about the story of the guild. But your new website, which I visited last night and this morning, um, says the mission of the Writers Guild of Astoria is to strengthen Astoria and its surrounding communities through the power of the written word. 
So you created that mission. How did this all come to be? How did you start the Writers Guild of Astoria? So I moved to Astoria in 2017 and was just immediately struck by how many writers there were in the community. Um, but as I looked around for organizations to help me connect with them, I really didn't find any. And um, so with a lot of encouragement, specifically from Lisa Smith, who was president of Astoria Visual Arts at the time, um, I started the Writers Guild and, and a lot of other uh, writers in the community were really supportive and helpful with the, that process too and joined my board and um, helped me get everything up and running. We got the 501c3 nonprofit uh, designation and yeah, and the rest is history. So really just trying to help connect and foster new writers uh, connect writers with each other, help them to identify opportunities to share and publish their work, um, and then fostering the literary arts in general throughout the, the surrounding community with readings and workshops and, and uh, literary events. We're certainly seeing now how powerful words are and how they can be used in positive or very destructive negative ways. Hmm. And we're also seeing that we're in a time where we're trying to process a lot of things that we have never had to process before. We have you know, these three huge things happening all at the same time in our world, which have come together, the, you know, what's happening with the, this pandemic, the, um, you know, the social inequality, the planetary challenges. And I think we're all very, very, um, angst-ridden and stressed and mm -hmm. in a number of different ways so how do we make sense of all this and creating art and writing can help us do that yeah absolutely I've been an avid journalist throughout my life um but when the early early days of the pandemic were unfolding uh I started a brand new journal and started tracking the the numbers, you know, of cases. And it's it's actually really interesting to look back at it now because, you know, it started off in the hundreds and <laughs> thousands and just my observations about that time. And um, anyway, journaling doesn't have to be done perfectly. It uh, There's no such thing as perfect journaling, really. Um, and there's not one prescribed way for it to, to, to be. You know, it could be scribbling a few lines of poetry, keeping track of of what you did or thought or ate or appreciated that day. You know, there's so many different ways to do it, but um, I think it's, there's so many connections between between writing in general and journaling in, in specifically uh, with people's mental health. And um, there's so many increased benefits. I think you're absolutely right because um, I, uh, I'm i sure you're familiar with Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, from mm -hmm. many years ago. And I just happened to see that she has a new one out um, um, when I was traveling a few weeks ago. And uh, The Artist's Way for like seniors, retirees is, I think she's calling it, it's never too late, which so, so start with doing the morning pages again. So I hadn't done it for years. And so I have started doing the morning pages over the last uh, month or so. And it really does make a difference. Whatever you write, it doesn't matter. There's something about that's very freeing to get out the, the things that are rolling around in your head 
if you're writing and she suggests do not type, she says, you know, use your pen, use a piece of paper. There's something that happens between the, with the brain, the body that engages and just the mere act of writing, you know, those three pages every morning is, I think, um, I, I don't know, it makes you feel productive. And it also, I think, helps you feel like you're expressing yourself whether anyone else ever reads it or not yeah I so agree it's it's incredibly therapeutic right and it has a much greater impact than than the cost or the time that it takes you know um and i love julia cameron's work actually i really credit her morning practice or her morning pages practice with uh with my writing career, so because it was so beneficial for me, I read her book, The Right to Write, which is is, is similar. You know, I think it's all in kind of similar veins. But um, that book really just helped me to to claim, well, I am a writer because look, I write things. <laughs> sure, without the judgment of it's good, bad, perfect, or imperfect, and I think that's what stops people. And and we're going to talk in the second half of the program about how the Writers Guild supports, you know, writers who are already writing and people who are listening to this program who may never have written, but who are interested or want to hear other writers or connect with other writers, which is what you're doing. It is a powerful therapeutic thing to do. And, and sometimes when you write, and I love the poet David White, and his, he's a philosopher and poet, and, and he says sometimes he doesn't know what he's going to write. He's, he's writing, and then the pen, something will stop. And I think he was writing a poem about, uh, you must learn what the most important thing in this world or the one thing that you need to know in this world is. And then his pen, you know, <laughs> he poised his pen and he was waiting. What is that one line? The one line, the one thing you need to know. So we discover things, we learn things when we begin to write. I really um, admire David's work very much. And uh, yeah, I have a couple of volumes of his poetry and I agree with him wholeheartedly. If I know what I'm going to write ahead of time, I'm not that interested in writing it. And and what is by far the most interesting to me um, is the incredible magic that happens where you write something and you realize that you didn't know that thing until you wrote it, but it has the resonance of truth. So yeah, absolutely. I, I very much agree that writing has a, a remarkable way of making the unknown known. Mm, well said, well said. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to KMUN. This is Talk of Our Towns, a uh, public affairs program, which airs the first Thursday of each month at 9 a.m. And today, my guest is author, teacher, Marianne Monson. She is a, a writer, a prolific writer. She has 11 books um, out so far and, and one coming out in September, The Opera Singers. And she is the founder and president of the Writers Guild of Astoria. Um, and we've been talking about that. And now we're going to really focus on what the Writers Guild of Astoria is. We've already talked about the mission to strengthen Astoria and its surrounding communities through the power of the written word. So you established it. And what kinds of things does the uh, Writers Guild of Estuaria offer. Certainly the website, we should send people to the website because that's where they can become a member. 
Absolutely. Uh, and that is the writersguild.org. And yes, we are a membership-based organization. And you actually don't have to live in the immediate area to even be a member, although most of our members certainly are from around here. But some people just want to support the work that we're doing, which we appreciate as well. And some people may not even be writers, but they value the literary arts in this area. So people join for a wide variety of different reasons. So we um, try to support the literary arts through a number of different initiatives. In the community, we host readings. We brought poet Jericho Brown to town in November and had an, a wonderful event at the at the Liberty Theater. And um, we try to provide opportunities, especially for students in, in the community um, to have access to learning opportunities, but then that those could be students of all ages, right? So we have a series of workshops and we're excited that the, the new 2022 workshop lineup has just been announced and in place. And it, we've got a wide range of of workshops offered this year from zine making and haiku poetry writing, writing for teenagers and young adults, one on picture book writing and on mystery writing. So um, a wide range of offerings this year that we hope people will consider joining us for and all from really talented presenters who are excited to work with uh, writers at different stages of their careers. And we also have a writer in residency program that we do uh, in collaboration with Astoria Visual Arts. And Vice President Lauren Mallett is spearheading that program for us this year. And the submissions for it will open pretty soon, actually. So they will be open from February 15th through I think we give a couple months and uh and i think it's the tax deadline so i think it's april 15th <laughs> so yeah and um so we'll be accepting applicants and the information will be up on the website very soon about how to apply for that can, but, can you just explain a little bit more about the artists in residence the writers in residence program yeah, I'd love to. So this is in collaboration with Astoria Visual Arts and Lisa Smith and Buzz Bissinger have generously donated the use of um, their cottage that is up on Willapa Bay. It's absolutely beautiful, idyllic setting on the water. And basically a writer gets to spend a week there pursuing their craft and making progress on a project, a writing project of their choice. So we've had a wide range of different um, genres that people have worked with. And so they could write poetry, they might be working on memoir, they might be working on a novel, um, but it's all great and the person so we're, we will be accepting submissions and then the person who wins will have the opportunity to spend that week up there writing. Um, they will also receive a um, stipend from us and they get to do a reading at the ABA gallery at the end of their residency too. So oh, yeah. Great. So the workshops that are upcoming are on the website. Mm -hmm. the, um, and all the instructions for how to apply for the writer in residence program is there too. And then you have monthly meetings and let's talk about that and also about open breaks open life. 
Yeah, actually, yeah. we're running the same at the moment. So yeah, so um, during the pandemic, we kind of decided to support Rick's Open Mic instead of having a separate one. So that is what we do. So we gather at Winecraft with uh, Rick's Open Mic that's been going for quite some time. And it's um, Winecraft down on the water in Astoria. And it's usually at 7 p.m. on the first Tuesday of every month. So actually, it just happened a couple of days ago. So everyone is welcome. And why don't you give us a little bit of history on Rick's Open Mic? Well, actually, I don't think I know all of the history. Do you, Donna? I think you've gone there. <laughs> uh, yes, I know that it is in honor of, I don't know when Rick died, but he started Rick's Open Mic quite a while ago and and it's quite amazing i mean sometimes robert michael pile is there he's made the trip over and awesome. uh, yeah. yes often so and it's it's and it's a very warm encouraging group of people mm -hmm. um it's a place to read something that you've written or to hear you know people who are writing in the community so what has been your experience of being at the open mic Yes, I mean, you express it beautifully, Donna. Um, it's a really open and welcoming group. You can read, I mean, it, it is primarily poetry, but people don't just read poetry, so you can read what you want. If people don't want to read, they can just go and listen, um, and you can always enjoy a nice glass of wine down on the water, and the setting is just lovely. You can get to listen to great local writers read their work. So yeah, what's not to love about all of that? It's, it's, it's great. And it, what, it, was, it did meet online this month for February. Um, so it is good to kind of monitor the ongoing COVID situation in terms of when they will be back in person. So just going to the writersguild.org will give people information about all of that. And then you mentioned earlier that you are also that you and your board and 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 the membership they're, you're interested in helping create some writers groups in the community. Yeah, we have a number of you know new projects in the works that we're wanting to to pursue, and we'd actually we have some openings on the board right now. We would love to have people get involved. Um, but one thing that we really want to do is to organize writing groups and whether they met virtually or in person that could be determined. But, um, so yeah, the best thing to do honestly is to get on our, uh, our mailing list, our email list, because I send out emails really regularly and I'm going to send out a call for people who are interested in organizing or being a part of a writing group that would meet. So yeah, that be that's the best thing is to do is to just go to our website and sign up for the email list. I think maybe we underestimate the power of a writing group because, you know, again, we all are realizing how important community is, you know, during this pandemic time. And, um, and many of the authors you, you know, whose names come easily to your lips um, credit their writing groups for giving them the support, encouragement, um, stamina even to continue on doing what they're doing because it can be so lonely writing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I say, I would say like for myself, I've, I've always felt kind of bad that with my own books, there's only one name on the cover, because if you read the acknowledgement section, you know, there's <laughs> 20 other people listed who, who are really significant in helping it to come to pass. So all, all, Every book is a collaboration, you know, um, so 
And we all become better writers by listening to each other and to giving feedback and input and, and just collaborating together. And I love what you said earlier about when you show up and you start writing, you don't know it's the, it's the surprise. I'm, I'm just now reading the Lincoln highway and there's, and there, the characters, there's, you know, one who wants to know everything that's going to happen. And the other one's like, no, no, no. It's all about what's going to happen next, the, the surprise of things. And sometimes in the world, our lives are every day is the same kind of day. And that mm -hmm. certainly felt that way during the pandemic. But so we want mystery. We want surprise. We want those elements of discovery in our lives. And, and, and certainly writing and art of any type offers that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I do think some writers, they write best with outlines. And, you know, that's a certainly one very valid way of approaching it. Um, but for me, once I write an outline, I don't want to write the book anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. Well, Marianne, we only have a few minutes left. Are there any other things you'd like the listening eyes to know? about the opera singers, about the Writers Guild of Astoria, Writers Guild, uh, it's the writersguild.org. Um, anything else you'd like the listening audience to know here at the end of the program? You know, I'd really just like them to know that if they are a beginning writer who is just starting out and they're not quite sure about, um, you know, where they can find community and other writers to connect with and kind of where to go next with their with their work that they can come and find us and have a place with us. We would love to have them. And more advanced writers too, who are further along in their career, we'd love to have them too. And people who just appreciate the literary arts, we also um, hope that you'll come and get involved and, and help us to, to really strengthen the community through the power of the written word. Thank you so much, Marianne. I, I, I am so thrilled that we have the Writers Guild of Astoria. So thanks to you for creating that and all the people who make it happen and um, and good on you for your work with young people and with, um, with all, we all need, again, community and the ability to express ourselves in ways that, you know, writing offers a particular way to do that. It's just like people say, oh, I can't sing. Yes, you can sing. Maybe not well. It doesn't matter how well you sing. You know, maybe you think, oh, I don't sing. I don't write well. Yes, you can sing, you can write, you can dance. And the sooner that we can liberate ourselves from these ideas of perfectionism and just accept our wabi-sabi ways, our imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect ways, you know, the more uh, joyful our lives will become because we all have songs and stories and art within us. That's who we are, creative beings. Part of being human, we all have our stories and it's so wonderful to to be able to share them with each other yes indeed thank you so much marianne for everything thanks um, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk with you and to be part of all the good that KMUN does in the world oh that's so true storytelling at its best in um, KMUN too well um we look forward to all the different workshops that are going on in 2022 with the writers guild and i want to thank you for being my guest today i also want to thank uh, local talented banjo instructor Michael Brunn for his original theme music for this program. And of course, Nevada, our amazing engineer who makes this all happen. Thank you so much. I'm Donna Quinn, and uh, it's my pleasure to be here uh, the first Thursday of each month at 9 a.m. for Talk of Our Towns. Until our next visit, or actually, let's just right now, let's just stop and take a quick 
deep breath together. Taking a deep breath resets the nervous system. It offers us a bit of solace and a bit of comfort in a world which sometimes seems out of control. So take a deep breath with gratitude and then focus on all the good things that are happening in your life. There will always be things that aren't going well, but focus on the things that are and then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being you, uniquely you, the only you, for doing the best you can because everyone is until we know better and for being here now on the amazing planet we call Earth. Oh.